Today is Friday, May 14th, and you're listening to the morning announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm Sammy Sage. Let's start with the good news. The CDC announced yesterday that fully vaccinated individuals do not have to wear masks or physically distance in most cases, even when they're indoors or in large groups. The relaxation of restrictions does not apply to airplanes, buses, trains, and other public transportation, to healthcare settings, or to where state or local restrictions still require them. More than 117 million Americans are now fully vaccinated, which is about 35% of the population just as the CDC is recommending that children ages 12 to 15 get vaccinated as well. Ironically, this comes as Vice News reported two days ago that a conspiracy is going around the anti-vax community that it is possible for vaccinated people to shed onto unvaccinated people who will then suffer from adverse effects. So now prominent anti-vaxxers are suggesting that their followers solve this problem by socially distancing and wearing masks. For today's updates on the situation in Israel, missiles continue to fly between Gaza and Israel, and vigilante clashes continue to break out in mixed Arab-Israeli towns. Netanyahu announced he would deploy the military in these towns to, quote, quell the anarchy and ordered police to adopt emergency powers. Meanwhile, over 400 people have been arrested on rioting charges, and in Gaza, damage to power lines cut daily electricity in some areas to around three hours. A new addition to the conflict yesterday were three rockets that were fired into Israel from southern Lebanon, though none resulted in casualties. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made clear that he places more blame on Hamas, saying there is a fundamental difference between a terrorist organization in Hamas that is indiscriminately targeting civilians and Israel, which is defending itself. His statement has been criticized by a number of progressive lawmakers. On Wednesday, President Biden ordered a complete overhaul in the government's approach to cybersecurity, from the software that agencies buy to the security measures that they use to block hackers. It is important to point out that the executive order addresses federal government computer networks, but not the infrastructure of private companies such as banks and energy companies. It also creates a cyber incident review group modeled on the National Transportation Safety Board that investigates aviation, railroad, and vehicle crashes in order to improve on the government's response to cyber attacks. I mean, I'm glad someone is finally getting on this. Now let's do some stories about some of our favorite congressional lawmakers. On Wednesday afternoon, Marjorie Taylor Greene reportedly confronted AOC outside the House chamber, shouting, hey, Alexandria, at her, to which AOC did not respond. And after Greene caught up with her, she began shouting at her, asking her why she supported Antifa and BLM, whom Greene referred to as terrorists. She also ranted that AOC was failing to defend her radical socialist beliefs by refusing to debate her. AOC did not stop walking or respond while this was going on, though she did apparently throw her hands up at some point. In response, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi stated that the verbal assault on Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was, quote, so beyond the pale and should be investigated by the House Ethics Committee. It's hard to believe the House has an ethics committee. Remember the Matt Gates sex trafficking investigation? It is still going on, and yesterday, Gates' associate Joel Greenberg, with whom he allegedly met underage girls, agreed to plead guilty to his own sex trafficking charges. Greenberg has reportedly been working with DOJ prosecutors since last year to negotiate a plea deal, and he has already been telling those prosecutors about how he and Gates would pay women for sex using gifts or cash. The specifics of Greenberg's plea were not immediately filed in court and it is not immediately clear to what specific charges and facts he would admit or what benefit he would receive for doing so. 
but the deal still needs to be accepted by a federal judge. Finally, we have two headlines that speak for themselves. Colonial Pipeline is back up in operation, but according to reporting from Bloomberg, Colonial ultimately did pay the hackers a sum of $5 million and that the decryption tool was ultimately not effective in restoring operations. Instead, they had to rely on system backups. So what I'm hearing is that I should actually back up my data. A number of banks, including JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and U.S. Bank Corp., will start to issue credit cards to people with no credit scores, but who are found to be financially responsible. This would likely be a positive change given that Black and Hispanic adults in the U.S. are less likely than white or Asian adults to have credit scores, according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you're enjoying these daily updates, you can help support this show and help keep us growing by pressing follow on Spotify and or rating, reviewing and subscribing on iTunes. And of course, I really appreciate all of your feedback and support. For our episode of Afternoon Tea this week, I interviewed Laura Hankin, author of the book, A Special Place for Women, which just came out this Tuesday. You can find the Afternoon Tea on Fridays in the Betcha Up podcast feed. If you haven't heard what Afternoon Tea is about, I chat with some of the most interesting people in politics and media to discuss all the things we care about most. So be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen and stay tuned for a quick teaser from today's new episode. Until next week, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. I really would love for people to get to know you. Can you tell people kind of like how you got onto this path of being an incredible author? Yeah, sure. So I mean, I grew up as a huge, huge reader and I I wrote a little bit growing up, but then for a while, I I got really into theater and that was uh, what I was going to pursue. So I moved to New York and I was auditioning for shows and I realized that I needed just some creative outlet that I could control. I decided to go back to writing and see if I could actually do it more seriously. And over, you know, many years worked on books. Then just really a few years ago, I got a book deal for Happy and You Know It. It was kind of right at the point where I was like, should I give up and try to live a more stable life? And luckily I held out a little bit longer. Um, And yeah, now I get to write full time, at least for now. Betches.